following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. All right now. All right now. Come on. It's not about me, it's about him. Get on your feet. Get on your feet and magnify the Lord one more time today. Come on now. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Woo. Hey, while you're standing, let me brag on you. This is a, uh, this is a hybrid group, the 1030 session and the 12 o'clock session. So you 1030s, you feel like it's late. You 12 o'clockers, you're saying, oh, God, it's early. But you made it. You're here. And the, we, had a, we had a little spike in the, in the coronavirus, they say, this week. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, those two words, they say. I didn't mean to say they say. I didn't mean to say that, but they say. I didn't mean to say that. I'm stuck. But you showed up to church. This is a safe place. It's a good place. It's a happy place. It's where you can come and have fellowship with the Lord and fellowship with your brothers and sisters and walk out of here clean. No COVID, no COVID. We didn't have one death in our church. We have about 4,500 members, not one death in our church, not one in this whole season. 88 days we didn't get to see you, and I'm beside myself because I'm getting to see you now. What an honor. What a tremendous honor to see you in the house of God. Turn to somebody and say what you said last week. I love your guppies. Say it. I love it. That's, that's polished. That's polished. Amen. For you that are watching online, we thank you. We had over 2,100 of our people watched online last week. What a joy. And we're still going online. And I got some texts from first service today. Pastor, we'd be there if this spike hadn't happened. And I understand that. I really, really do. You've got to be careful. You've got to be safe. But I, I appreciate the fact that you trust the Lord and you trust this atmosphere for this hour in your life. And thank you for being in God's house. Now, next Sunday, guys, it's Father's Day. I thought the women would just be beside themselves. But because we didn't get to honor women and mothers on Mother's Day, we're going to make it a hybrid service. We're going to say some beautiful things about mom, too. We're going to be blessed with the praise and worship ministry of Ricardo Sanchez again next week. We love him around here, and he's looking forward to it. We are his favorite church in the country. And he's hearing me talk right now, I guarantee you. Ricardo, we love you. You're our favorite guest worship leader. We love you. And what a joy to be able to come back next Sunday. We're online still right now. We're online on Wednesday night. And uh, I know you understand that because we're trying our best just to open up as slowly as we can and not try to push people to do what they don't want to do and try to make them do something that they don't feel comfortable with. So God bless you. Thank you so very much for being in the house of the Lord today. I'm honored that you're here. While you're still standing, I'm going to, I'm going to read a text today from a, from a writer in the Old Testament. Some of you don't even know who he is. Uh, his name is Obadiah. He's got one chapter. And uh, i gotta, I got to be honest with you. I've preached for 50 years and never taken a text from Obadiah. I am so sorry, Obadiah. Forgive me. 
when I see you in heaven, I'll repent. <laughs> but I never have. And in my research and study this week, I just, I just couldn't, I, I, I had about three things I wanted to preach today and I couldn't get past this. So I'm going to talk to you today. Some of you are here hurting. Philip Abel's mother, Julia's in the house today. Miss Julia, wherever you are, we, 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 we honor you today. Lost a daughter just a couple of weeks ago. 23-year-old daughter passed. She's visiting us from up in the Waco area. Thank you, Julia, for being here. And we're honored to have everybody in this house. And Gianni, I'm wearing this for you today, son. The young'un made me this wristband and it fits real nice. And I don't know about the colors, but it doesn't match what I'm wearing, but it's for Gianni. I love you, son. Obadiah, verse 15, said, The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Say, your deeds will return upon your own head. My subject today is simply one word, echo. I'm going to speak on the word echo today. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor. And then look around before you're seated and look at this beautiful congregation. We're up in this crowd from last Sunday. You may be seated. God bless. Thank you, Randy. In Greek mythology, the echo is represented as a nymph, the daughter of earth and air, following Narcissus through forests and caves and roads, in fact, everywhere. You who have experienced an echo in your life as a child or even as an older adult, you can see why the Greeks lifted it to a level of absolutely supernatural. I remember echoes. I used to try to make echoes once I understood that they wouldn't haunt me and after me. It was a frightening feeling to have the same words that I had spoken repeated by what seemed to be an invisible being or to shoot a gun trying to take a rabbit out or something and you hear an echo because you're in a place where it would come back or the clapping of hands or the beating of a drum or the voice of singing. We repeated by the echo. There are places in the world noted for their outstanding echoes. I have read of a, of a place that anything spoken will echo 17 times. There's a place near Milan, Italy where there are 70 echoes, 70. And there's a well 210 feet deep in Casa, Carisbrook Castle in the United Kingdom. If you drop a pebble into the well 210 feet, the sound of its fall comes distinctly back to you. And in the Alps, a horn blast comes back from the rocks of the mountain in surge after surge after surge of reflected sound. You know, one remarkable mystery of nature is a bat. Those little creatures that fly out from under the bridge every evening over here at the Congress Avenue Bridge. These strange creatures fly miles underground, swooping through dark caverns, and yet they never strike the wall, never hit anything. Until a few years back, the researchers didn't know how that happened. So scientists captured a group of those bats and conducted experiments with them. And a wire was stretched across a room, and the bats were sent through it, and never, none of them ever struck that wire. They blindfolded the bats, and it was the same results. But when the mouths and the ears were taped shut, there was a different result seen. Because bats do not go by what they see. They go by what they send out and what they hear. With eyes wide open, the bats crashed into both walls and wire. And the reason? Bats sounded a high, shrill note when they start to fly. And the sound creates vibrations that echoed back 
from any object in their path. And highly sensitive ears were receivers for the echoed sound. And what they sent out came back to them. It was called the echo principle for the flight of bats. But the Bible declares the echo principle is a basic principle for our life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, Solomon said, Cast your bread on the water, for you'll find that after many days it's going to come back to you. Jesus told the disciples, By your standard of measurement it shall be measured to you. And Paul told the Galatians, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. He'll also reap. Obadiah wrote about the echo principle. So who was Obadiah? Glad you asked. I had to research it myself. The name Obadiah means worshiper. I like that. I like somebody that knows how to worship God, that can hear from God because he opens up his soul to him in his worship, or a servant of Yahweh. And that name was very common in the Old Testament throughout the Bible 20 times. We know that he belonged to the tribe of Judah, the southern kingdom. And his one chapter prophecy is part of an anti-Edom writing which appears throughout the Old Testament. Now who's Edom? Edom was the lineage that Esau started. Edom means simply red. Esau was born first and he, he, was, uh, he was red and hairy and Jacob came second and Esau despised the birthright and didn't want it and Jacob took it. And so, there was, a, there was a group of people that felt like they were cheated out because they sold the birthright for a bowl of pottage. And the Jewish people received the birthright because they believed that God had something for them. So Obadiah's prophecy is what is called poetic justice. I call it the echo principle. Actions have certain reactions and certain consequences. What you do or what you say will echo back to you. Or as Obadiah said, as you have done, it will be done to you. Your dealings will return to your own head. So there's three things today I want to talk about that the echo principle applies to. And the first one is simply this, our relationship with God. Would you clap your hands and say, I love my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Come on. A preacher went to a country church to speak and he took his son with him. And there was a collection plate at the door. And when they walked in, they both put a quarter in that collection plate. And when they came out, the old usher gave them 50 cents. And when the preacher's son saw what had happened, he said to his dad, Dad, if we would have put more into it, we would have gotten more out of it. That's a little, that's a little scared laugh right there. If we put more into our spiritual church lives... What more could we get out of it? There's a favorite children's story that many of you have read called Stone Soup. It tells of hungry soldiers who go into a town looking for food and everyone in the town claims to have no food. The soldiers get a huge kettle, fill it with water, and select a large stone and throw that stone in the pot, build a fire under the kettle and begin to stir a stone. And the curious town people ask what the soldiers are doing. And they said, we're making stone soup. This soup is delicious, they said, but a little cabbage would sure help. And so one neighbor said, you know what, I think I have some cabbage and let me go get it from my house. And more people began to ask, what will make the soup better? And then the soldier started saying, well, you know, we need a little carrot. Somebody said, I'll go get some carrots. We need a little celery. I got some of that in my house. Need some turnips, some potatoes, some onions. 
some salt and parsley. And one by one, the items begin to arrive and be brought to the stone soup. Finally, the soldiers announced that the, a piece of meat would sure make the soup exquisite. Meat was brought from five or six houses. And indeed, the soup was exquisite. For all had invested a little of what they had, and there was plenty of everything for everybody. What did you bring to church today? What did you bring to church today? Did you bring some grace? Did you bring some mercy? Did you bring some forgiveness? Did you bring some praise? Did you bring some thanksgiving? Did you bring a hallelujah? Did you bring, bring a thank you, Lord, for taking care of us? What did you bring? I promise you, if you bring it, we'll put it in the soup. And I promise before we leave here, we'll have some exquisite soup because God loves people to pour into the kingdom of God. Clap your hands and rejoice over that right now. Echo principles also apply in our relationship with others. That was the heart of Obadiah's message, others. Edom was hateful in their treatment to Judah. And he said that would echo back to Edom. First, let me say this that parental teaching, an example of their echo in the character of descendants, has some exceptions. Yes, I know that. So, in the natural world, that may be no echo or distorted echo or, the reason, or by reason of peculiar proximities. But the general rule is that the character of the children is the echo of the character of parents. Amen. Bible said in Psalms chapter 22, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. When's the last time, Dad, your son saw you lift your hands and say, I love you, Jesus, and I surrender to you? When's the last time your children saw you bow your knee in your house and bless the house? When's the last time you gathered hands around a table and said grace? When's the last time you took your child to the house of God and said, this is our happy place? I'm declaring to you that everybody in my family has been pled over every day because I want my kids and my grandkids to live what I have lived in my life. I want them to be an echo of what I have had in my existence. Come on, clap your hands. Some parents enrolled their son in a church youth group which met every week. And one evening the adult leader of that group came by the boy's home. And he parked in front of the house. And when he parked there he saw a brand new car, a slick car. And when he went to the door the father answered the door and after a brief introduction the youth leader asked to borrow the new car. <laughs> and the father nearly went through the roof. He said, young man, I don't even know who you are. You're an utter stranger to me. And you want me to loan you my car? And the youth leader persisted and the father grew angrier. The youth leader was pushing him. In exasperation he said, I don't get this. You're unknown to me, but you expect me to loan my most valued possession outside of my house? Then the youth leader said, sir, for two years I've worked with your son. And in all that time you never came by to any of the meetings to check on us, to lend a hand. Yet you turned your son over to us. 
Now, which is more valuable, sir, your car or your son? If I can take your son and you're not worried about it, let me drive your car. Be careful what your children are taught or what influences them. There will be an echo. Or it's like the woman that moved to a small town and was disturbed by the poor service at a local drugstore. So she complained to her neighbor, hoping that she would repeat her complaints to the owner. And the next time the woman went into the drugstore, the owner met her with a huge smile. He told her how glad he was to see her. And he said that he wanted her to know that he would do anything to help she and her husband get settled in their town. He then filled her order promptly and efficiently. And later the woman reported a miraculous change of that store to her friend. She said, I suppose you passed on my thoughts to the druggist and to the owner, how poor the service was. The neighbor said, no, I didn't do that. In fact, I told him you were amazed at the way he had built up this small town drugstore and that you thought it was one of the best run drugstores in all of America. <laughs> Hear me. There's a lot of stuff can come in your ears from out there, but you don't have to tell it to somebody in here. Smile and the world smiles back at you. Come on now. Grump and the world grumps back at you. Love and the world will love back. Hate and the world will hate back. It's time for us to send out some sounds in this church that are godly sounds, Holy Ghost sounds, love sounds, preaching sounds that say this is a house where God is put first and love is the key to all we do. Clap your hands and rejoice in that because God is for us. Woo. Lord have mercy. I'm so excited to see people. People, 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 people who need people. I wish Barbara was here, full of the Spirit, singing that song. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your dealings will return on your head. Take some time to invest in others, folks. I read about a man who was an enabler in life, a reinvestor of life. You know what he did? He threw starfish back in the ocean. He called it a reinvestor of life. That's what we do. We give people hope when we walk past them. We put them back in the water in their habitat. Dr. Carl Menninger is one of my favorite psychiatrists to read after. And what advice he was asked one day, would you give a person who felt a nervous breakdown was coming on? And I know during this pandemic, and, and there's been a spike, you know, I understand that. But during this pandemic, there's been a lot of people that saying, God, is this the end? Is this, is this where it's going to end with a pandemic like this? No, God's, God's going to figure out this thing himself. He knows what he's doing. And he's not going to let atheists tell him when to go and where to go. It's his church. So, manager said, here's what I would do. I would tell a person that felt like this about to break down, I'd tell them, lock your house and go to the poorest part of town in your city and invest yourself in helping another person that is less fortunate than you are. And it will all come back to you. Back when we was with Austin Disaster Relief, thank you, we was with Austin Disaster Relief. A man called me one day at the church and said, Pastor, 
there's a lady over on the Dell Valley side of town and said she's got a trailer and said she's messed up and, and her trailer's leaking and she needs help. He said, would you go with me? I don't want to go by myself because I don't have anybody else to go. Would you go? And I went with him and I watched him. I watched him. It was his job. It was his opinion. It was his thing. I was just there for him. And when we left there, he was smiling like a Cheshire cat. He was so happy. And he's never come down off of that high because he helped somebody that was lesser fortunate than what he was. And I'm here to declare, you have to understand that people who need people are lucky because there's a church like CLA in Austin, Texas that will help people when they are in need. Clap your hands and say, that's us. That's who we are. Many years ago, a young man was traveling through the Midwestern states and he asked at a farmhouse for a nice lodging. It was gladly granted. Then while he was there, another man with his wife came and asked for lodging also. He, he realized that this man was suffering from tuberculosis and he was on his way to Colorado to get help and he had only $4 in his pocket. So the first man gave up his room to go sleep in the barn. And the next morning as a sick man was leaving, the owner of the property gave the man $100 telling him to use it, not worry about being able to pay it back ever. But exactly 20 years later, the first man that was there thought the man, his act of kindness was so great. So the first man who slept in the barn said, I think I'm going to drop by and just see if that guy's still living, see if their home's still there. Sure enough, he walked up, knocked on the door, said, you remember me? And the guy said, yeah, 20 years ago you came and stayed with us. And while he was there, another man approached, and sure enough, it was the man that had tuberculosis that the owner had given him $100 for. And he had heard that the generous host had suffered from financial reversals. So he came to find him. He said, Sir, you gave me $100 20 years ago on this date, and I'm going to repay you by giving you $100 for each dollar that you gave me that day. And he put $10,000 in his hand. Here's what I want to tell you give to people, and it will all come back to you. Let me say that again give to people, and it will all come back to you. Give it away, it'll come back. Give it away. And if it works with people, how much more do you think it works with the God of the universe? Give to Him and it'll come back to you. Anybody got a praise for Him right now? You want to clap your hands and rejoice because of His goodness? The echo principle not only works with God and others, it works in our relationship with life. One man said, life is not a gamble but an investment with a predictable relationship between cause and consequence. If life treats you unfairly, it may be in retaliation. It may be in retaliation. Solomon said, I love this scripture, he said, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And who, whoever rolls a stone, will roll, it will roll back on them. Jesus said, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So don't measure somebody with a yardstick and expect them to come back with a six-inch ruler. It's going to come back the same way you sent it out. Or as one man wrote, there's a difference between retaliation and retribution. Retaliation is returning an attack with a counterattack. In other words, you come at me, I'm going to come back at you. But retribution is a punishment or a penalty that you bestow upon people that have hurt you. Life serves back in the same coin that you pay. 
This law works from God's throne downward. Whatever you put into life will echo back to you. A little boy once went to his mother. That little boy might have been me because I used to do this a lot. He said, Mother, there's a boy out there in the woods who's mocking me. Everything I say, he says it right after me. I say, hello, he says, hello. I say, who are you? He says, who are you? And I said, what's your name? And he says, what's your name? So I got mad and I jumped the fence and I went to the woods to find him, but he wasn't anywhere. And I said, I'll punch your head. And he said, I'll punch your head. And the mother pulled him up and said, son, that's just an echo. If you had said, I love you, he would have said, I love you. People get back just about what they give. Now I feel like going over and crying because I feel love is being given back to this church because love has been given to this church. And your consistency in this house, even when we had the pandemic, we preached to over 7,000 people on Easter Sunday, over 4,500 during most Sundays after that for a long while, and over 4,000 on Mother's Day. Here's what I'm telling you. You folks never quit giving it back, giving it back. Get ready, get ready, because you have been kind to God. You've been kind to your brother, and you've been kind to life, and God's going to pay you back in kind. There's something coming your way. Get ready. There's a wave of blessing coming your way. Oh, somebody help me preach right now. There's a wave. There's a tsunami coming. A very wealthy man contracted for a house to be built. And he called his favorite builder that had built many homes for him. He said, I want you to build this house. I want you to put the very best you have in it. And when he built the house... The very wealthy man just gave it to him. The house, he said, is yours. Here's the keys. So it is with life for each of us. We're building our own lives. We can cut corners and build with cheap metal. We can cheat people. We can cheat God. But you can't cheat for long. Or we can build it with the finest, most permanent kind of material. But we have to live in the house that we have built. Life revolves around investment. So you might say investment is what life is all about. Jesus talked about three men that received talents. One received five, one two, and one one. And the two were commended, the one was condemned. The message is this, whatever you are blessed with, you can't sit on it. You have to do something with it. Another view is if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose or invest your life, you will find it. The same is true with money. Can I preach a little bit about money? I need to say, hear that again. Can I preach a little bit about money? A man's canceled checks are a biography of his life. What you spend your values on, what you, your priorities, what you're invested in, your hopes, your dreams, your faith, that's what it's all about. You know, there's two, two words for values in the world. One is called feather values and one is called earth values. Feather values are about self and a wind usually will blow the feathers of yourself away. But those earth values are about other. And when you stand on firm foundation helping others, you'll see the glory and the presence of God in your life. 
So I'm, I'm here to declare it to you. I'm going to close now, but I'm going to close with three laws very briefly. Number one is we reap what we sow. Say amen to that. Amen. The law of the harvest, seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, he'll also reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Here's the law that is sure as physical laws are of our universe. There's a law of gravitation. You know, if you step off of a high building, guess what? You're going to fall. <laughs> Unless you're Superman and you start flying. But the law of gravitation cannot be denied. It can be ignored, but it can't be denied. Then there's a law of centrifugal force. The law says if you go around a curve too fast, you're going to topple over. Now that law can be ignored, but it can't be denied, especially if you're driving a Jeep. And God has spiritual laws <laughs> that are irreversible. They cannot be broken. Paul said if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the results. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap the results. You reap what you sow. Sow a thought, you reap a an attitude. Sow an attitude, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. That's what it's all about. And the second thing I want to tell you is you reap more than you sow. You really do. You don't get back what you sow. You reap more than what you sow. It's called the law of surplus succeeding sowing. It's a farmer's term. A farmer puts one seed in the ground and absolutely grows crop after crop. My dad, I told you last week, was a sharecropper, and I used to pull bows beside my dad. We never pick cotton, we pull cotton. And dad would always say, son, we get to do this about two or three times this year. Dad, why? Because this crop will come back. We'll have two or three gatherings. And you know what? We always usually had about three gatherings. We could pick those bowls three times because God gave us not just one stalk of a lot of cotton. He gave us it three times. You always get more than what you invest. So if you invest good, you're going to get three times, four times more. You're going to be paid back because God keeps His promise. If you praise Him, you're going to be sent blessings. If you honor Him with your tithe, you're going to be blessed. If you honor Him with your offering, you're going to be blessed abundantly because God honors people that honor Him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, we're making some stone soup, and if you've got about $100,000 in your house, we could use that in our, in our pot to help build this church. I'm teasing. I really am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> Hosea said, for they have sown the wind, they'll reap the whirlwind. Here's what I'm talking about. When you sow it, it'll come back greater. When you sow it, it'll come back greater. And then, I close with this, you'll reap later than you sow. There's a revelation that was written by John. It was a revelation of Jesus Christ. And in the last book, the last chapter of the book, Jesus said, behold, I'm coming soon. How many believe that? How many believe the Lord's coming? How many are looking for His coming? How many are waiting for His coming? Come on now. Come on now. I love you, Brother Gilbert. Good to hear that voice. Behold, I'm coming soon. He said, bring in my recompense to repay every one of you for what He has done. I love that word recompense. I love that word. It's a word hardly used anymore outside the Bible. It means to repay or to reward. 
for service. I preached a sermon years ago that God doesn't always pay on Friday, but God always pays. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a negative message, it was a positive message. And I'm telling you right now that some of us have gone through some tough times. And I read a book one time, Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough People Do. And I'm not trying to tell you all the things that I've learned, but I will tell you this, that there's coming a day when God's going to give us some recompense, some reward. You know, we look at the Bible, and in the Old Testament, it looked like when you did evil, you got rewarded for evil. When you did good, you got rewarded for good. Then came books like Ecclesiastes and Job, and then all of a sudden we started seeing things different, that Job here was a perfect man, and he lost everything. How's that work out? How's that fare with you, preacher? Well, it hurts. It really does. But Job never denounced God. He never said that God didn't matter. He said, though He slay me, I'm still going to trust Him. He said, though the skin worms destroy this flesh in my flesh, I'm going to see God and I'm going to see Him for myself and not for another. I love the, the determination that that man had. And you know the story. God blessed him double more than he ever had in the beginning. You know, that Greek word there for recompense is misthos. And that word is extravagant. It's an extravagant blessing. God's got something great waiting on us all. He really does. Something great's coming. And it's not going to just be in that life. He said He would bless you a hundredfold in this life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just keep walking in faith and walk faithful and watch what God can do in your life. In 1981, I lost my only boy. And I came to this church nine years later, and this church needed healing, and I did too. And God had given me a sweetheart of a precious wife named Patty, and we had two daughters, two more daughters added to Misty, my first wife, and my, my daughter. And Misty in June the 15th, 1999, 18 years later, had a baby. Guess what it was? It was a boy. 18 years later. That's some sweet recompense. And then four years later, she had another one. Boy. Hallelujah. Oh, joy, it's a boy. And guess what? It's recompense. I was paid again. And then Brad and Cass got into the baby business. And they had a little boy named Windsor. Three boys before a girl ever saw daylight. And now in December we're going to have our fifth granddaughter and four grandsons Little Finley came, and I got four boys that one day will go with Bo and Sweet Pea on trips. And I got five girls that'll be tagging along too, and I'll have to be combing hair on them trips. <laughs> but I've been recompensed. I've been blessed. Mythos. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Don't you ever, don't you ever doubt that God won't repay continual 
love to Him, praise to Him, giving to Him, loving Him, loving His house, loving His cause, loving everything about what happens around here. Believe me when I tell you, He says, I got some recompense. I wish I could walk this aisle right now. Can I walk it? I'm asking the sound people, can I walk it? All right. I know y'all will let me. Brother Philip, come on up. When I turn around here, you can, you can start. I don't want to not be on screen. Am I good? Am I good? Am I too, am I too dark? Am I good? Okay. Now listen to me. Listen to me. I preached on that level. I'm going to close on this level. I can't tell you what it feels like to have you guys back. Everybody knows this is my happy place. And don't let me try to ball you into some kind of something. I'm not going to try to get anything out of you. This is my happy place. But having you here, I want to go make some stone soup. Put the rock of ages in a bucket and put water on him and then let us just pour all kinds of stuff and make this church the most blessed place in all the world to be on a weekend. Because God's here. God's for us. And he loves us. And every one of you matter to him. And every one of you count. Don't raise your hand at me and say, no, everybody but me. No, 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 don't do that to me. You matter. I matter. All my kids matter. All your kids matter. All my grands matter. All your grands matter. We all matter. And it's 12 o'clock. I'm supposed to be done, but I'm not done yet. So hold on. I want to bless you in the name of the Lord. So I want you to stand all over the house and raise your hands. And I want to bless you. I want to bless you in the name of the Lord. I want to give you a blessing. Dear Father, I pray for this congregation. You can have your eyes open if you want to. Just look up, look here, whatever. I bless this congregation today. I bless every man, every woman, every young man, every young lady, every boy, every girl, every infant that's in this house. I bless them in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your kindness on Christian Life Austin. Thank you, Lord, that you judge us on an echo. And if we send it out, it'll come back. If we praise it, it'll come back. If we honor it, it'll come back. If we give to it, it'll come back. You'll bless us. You'll honor us. To the day you come and get us, and then you're going to give us a sweet recompense of reward, a special, special gift. I love you today, and I honor these people and keep your hand up on them, even though there's been a spike in this coronavirus. Keep your hand on them. Keep your hand on them. Protect us. Bring us back next Sunday for Father's Day. We're going to have a great, great time. It's another time to get together for an hour on Sunday. In Jesus' name, I love you. Clap your hands for the Lord right now. I love you.